With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Today on Texas Rangers with the Boys, Kevin and Bull will discuss the hiring of manager Bruce Bochy. They'll continue to talk about the 40-man roster ads, discussing Owen White and Jonathan Ornelas, and we may have a little bit of time to get into some free agent talk and what's going on on the hot stove. So join us tonight for Texas Rangers with the boys. Hey, Texas Rangers fans. This is your boy, Kev, a.k.a. YBK, coming to you with the Texas Rangers with the boys podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Kevin Lee Frazier. So pumped to, to be out here with you guys today. But hey, also joining me tonight, my buddy, the Manimal, a.k.a. Bull. And you can find him on Twitter at Manimal Bull. Uh, Bull, what's going on, man? Talk to me. Man, just uh, excited to talk some more baseball today. We, uh, we got into a little groundbreaking uh, c- ceremony on Tuesday, breaking things out and, and starting to schedule. So I'm just excited every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday to talk baseball right now. And, uh, you know, we've had some people listen to Tuesday's podcast, so I feel pretty good about that. And uh, hopefully we can continue to find a little base here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and really all over the country with people that love the Rangers or just like baseball in general. But, uh, you know, overall, I'm doing pretty good. I can't complain. I mean, it's it's uh, free agent season in baseball, so we've got a lot of – you know, free agents that we're going to want to talk about today. And, you know, they just added a bunch of guys to the 40 man. And we talked about uh, a handful of them the other night. And uh, uh, there's a couple more that we probably need to talk about tonight. And, uh, you know, uh, and hey, today I think is a good day to talk about uh, what the Rangers did a couple of days ago when they assigned three time world champion manager Bruce Bochy to, uh, to, to lead the troops here going forward. As our good friend Sean Ricker might say, yeah, um, there's a little name drop there uh, for, for, for Manimal and I. Um, <laughs> so, they, so, they might not know the LA Knight. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> this is for – guys, sorry. As much as we love y'all, this is as much for us as it is anybody. And, uh, you know, right now this is starting to become one of my favorite parts of the day. I don't know about you, Bull, but, you know, I feel like maybe lightning get the tip of – anyways – um, so moving right <laughs> along, uh, let's talk a little bit about Bruce Bochy. I mean, I, I know about him just because he beat us in the World Series. You know, like that part I know. Um, but also, you know, I'm, I'm also kind of excited because, you know, I'm a big on, like, I, you love the prospects. I like the developing of the prospects. And we've had some struggles a little bit over the last couple of years. Not going to blame anybody here, but we just had some struggles in developing that young talent and the Rangers as an organization overall, haven't really been the best at developing pitching, especially starting pitching. And again, this is not to say they never have, but there are other organizations out there that churn them out year over year over year, Houston Astros. And it's just, it's nice to know that we've got a guy who has a track record of winning world series and developing young players, especially pitching 
which kind of seems to be our theme right now uh, on this podcast and what we all really want to see. And I, and we know we're in alignment with uh, general manager, Chris Young on that. So, so what, tell me, tell the people a little more about Bruce Bochy and, and, and what you know about him. Cause again, I'm, I'm a little limited in my knowledge about him, but I'm just excited to have a guy with a pedigree, maybe the best pedigree uh, for a manager the Rangers have ever had. Yeah, I would say pretty close to, I mean, at the time of hiring, you know, they had Whitey Herzog in here before he won some championships. They had um, Billy Martin in here before he won a championship. Um, uh, uh, Ron Washington did great things here, but his pedigree was basically, oh yeah, yeah. We, we, everybody loved Ron Washington. I mean, like I said last year, if, uh, you look down in the dugout and all of a sudden Ron Washington was down there instead of Chris Woodward, I don't think one Ranger fan would have complained, but, um, I mean, we both embarrassed ourselves at, at away games, uh, other baseball games where Ron Washington was the third base manager. Uh, uh, for the Atlanta Braves because we're just big time Ron Washington guys. Uh, yeah. that, that's something that should be known on this show. But anyways, back to you. But uh, you know he didn't have the pedigree coming into manager you know managerial role that Bo- Bochi does. Bochi's a three time world champion. They all they did in between 2010 and 2014 in San Francisco was develop pitching bring pitching in get like you know they had pitching every year every year that they were a successful team they had the tim lincecums the matt canes they had jeff wilson in the bullpen they had um um gosh i can't think of his the, name now he's ranger, still in the league the ranger yeah, killer Romo. the ranger killer bum bum gardner bum gardner was another one i mean they developed pitching they brought pit, good pitching in they 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 made sure – I mean, I, I don't know if you remember this, but when Barry Zito was a free agent, the Rangers went hard on Barry Zito. But San Francisco was right there to give him a little bit more money and make sure he came to San Francisco in a position to win with them, and he did. You know, so, like, I just – Bochy's a good – he's a he's a player's manager. He doesn't – he doesn't seem he's, – he's closer to a Dusty Baker type of manager than a, a Chris Woodward type of manager. I mean – I don't know about you, but I mean, I felt like every time I watched Chris Woodward in a big situation in a game, that he was afraid to make the uh, a call from with his heart. You know, he didn't like yeah. the eye test was gone with him. It was all analytics and who has the best opportunity to get this guy out. And you know, I felt like it it backfired on him a lot because he didn't just stick with his guys and trust his guys. And I think Bochy's the kind of guy that will do that, but he also knows when to give the hook and. And, and well, keep you know, his guys honest, too. So, Well, one thing I'm excited about with Bochy is he's got a track record developing pitchers out of the minors, but he's also got a integrating good free agent pitching into his stack. So it's like you well, get and, the best of both worlds. And, and how many and, times have we seen Rangers free agents come in and flop? And I feel confident with this guy. And it wasn't just, it wasn't just pitchers. You know, they developed – Brandon Crawford and Brandon Belt and Pablo Sandoval and a bunch of guys that were good ball players in the big leagues that can help a team win championships. Hall and of I famer, think they, Hall of Famer, Buster yeah, Posey. I, I mean, let's be real honest. Like, I mean, the the Giants. I read somewhere they haven't had a guy hit thirty home runs in a season since Barry Bonds. Yeah. So they're they're wow. doing it from a little bit of everywhere, you know. I mean, Sandoval played some third for them and. 
Um, they just had guys that didn't have a ton of power, but they were on base guys and they slugged still, even though they didn't have big time power numbers. Well, like, and think about it. It's like, we're talking about baseball. Baseball is the sport where like, it doesn't always make sense on paper why a team wins. And no. a lot of his, his teams were like that, you know, obviously having good pitching always helps. But it's like, like I said, you didn't ever see – it wasn't ever like where they had the best player in the league. I mean, Bo, Posey is debatably the best player in the league during his prime stretch, but he didn't get credit for it like that. Definitely the best catcher. I, I think but he did it, have an MVP in there, though. Right. I mean, but all in all, if you were to say, you know, during the during the time, would you say, is, oh, well, Buster Posey's the best player in baseball, you know, you might – not all say that, but they, mainstream wasn't – wasn't a, a no, big, no. Like, oh, he's the best guy in baseball kind of thing. But he, he Bochy well, did it with, with a, with guys, with guys, with baseball players in playing baseball. And you and I are huge fans of just baseball, not the kind of the analytics game that we're seeing it. We've seen it turn into, but more about like the game itself and all of the little intricacies of the game. And I would, I would, and that's what we loved about Ron Washington. And I really hope that we can get because man. That's the kind of baseball I love to watch. Well, and I think Bannister was kind of that type of manager too, but he might have been a little stricter, you know, and not so player friendly. But he was one of those yeah. he was one of those kind of dinosaurs left in baseball that was still winning, you know, like he he won here with without really changing the analytics game too much. And uh, you know, and then I think the swing, the pendulum just swings so much when Woodward came in. And, you know, I had a lot of guys that told me that I would really like Chris Woodward. And uh, that proved to not be very true. Well, I mean, uh, we were out on Woodward, it seemed like, from day one. Yeah. Again, personally, I don't know the fact of anybody. But, you know, it wasn't a year or two years in. Like, he's already standing alone in the dugout by himself. You know, like – did not seem to have the pulse of the team at all. Yeah, and I think, again, like, uh, um, it just, when you're not winning and when you're, you know, uh, 2020 was a weird season, so you can't really blame him too much for that, and he loses his ace pitcher in his first, you know, first inning of work. You can't really blame all of it on Woodward, but, like, the development and all of that seemed to take a hit. I thought that the, in 2019, yep. when he came in, Joey Gallo took a step forward and every other prospect that had been taking steps forward all took a step back. Yeah. Mazzara. And even big leaguers. Even big leaguers. Yeah. Even big yeah, leaguers I took thought, a somewhat of a step back. I mean, guys that were proven. Yeah, and and the and you know they tried to fill holes with guys like as Drupal Cabrera and and they didn't see the like they missed on Matt Wisdom or is it Matt Wisdom <laughs> Patrick Wisdom they missed on Patrick Wisdom because they were so busy trying to force as Drupal Cabrera into a lineup and now Pat wow. Wisdom is a thirty plus home run guy in the league. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't then, know. You know. I will say this though. I will say this. Chris Woodward will always stick in my mind as the guy who was the manager when we brought when we brought back the powder blue uniforms. I guess that'll be like his <laughs> his greatest achievement. And they started putting Rangers <laughs> Rangers back on the on the front of the uniform instead of doing Texas. 
So, yeah. you know, but as far as Bochi, I'm excited about Bochi. He seems like he's a great baseball guy. Um, him and Chris Young already have a really good relationship. So I think there's there's a lot to like about Chris or Bruce Bochi, and I think that it immediately turns this team into a, a, a place where people want to come and uh, play. You know, play. I mean, I, I the brand new stadium. Uh, right. Great. All-star game. They got 2024 all-star game. 2024 all-star game. Great, great, great brand new stadium. I mean, I know a lot of people give it a hard time because there isn't really a whole bunch of ambience to it, but it's going to, you know, from what I've heard, it's not even really done yet. They just wanted to kind of get baseball going in there. And well, um, I mean, so. just wait till uh, you get a couple championship banners up there, and all of a sudden, it's the greatest stadium ever that the Rangers <laughs> have ever had. So, yeah, it doesn't um, take long. And, and so, again, we were also in love with the ballpark in, in Arlington. Right. It was I such mean, a great place. Its, I mean, but it was so hot to watch baseball there. Oh my gosh, it had a mystique to it, but it also had a had a serious uh, had a it brings it brought the serious heat during the summertime. So. Let's uh let's kind of jump so jump moving away from Bochi for a little bit and once we get big time this will be a good time for a commercial but we're not there yet. Uh, moving away from uh, Bochi, uh, the next thing that I was really hyped about talking about and, and you actually brought it up when we were texting in, earlier today uh, is second tier pitching. We we had talked a lot about the top tier free agents that were out there. We talked a lot about the prospects, but. You know, you don't have four number one starters in a rotation. Very no, often. unfortunately. You, you got to have other guys, you know? Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, those guys that are number ones, they want to go somewhere and be a number one. They're, they're not interested in going somewhere to be the number two guy. You know, yeah. so not just because you got the money to spend on it right now doesn't mean those guys are super interested in it just because of the, the you know, their their self you know they got their brand is more important to them sometimes than you know winning even and so i mean not to not to say that that's not that they're not going to go somewhere to win they're just not going right. you know Degrom isn't coming somewhere where he's going to be the number two you know like he's yeah. he's wanting to be somebody's ace and and most likely anywhere he goes he will be someone's ace so um, so, but, so Bull, tell me about some of these people. Like, tell me some of these guys because some of these names I didn't even know until you brought them up. So, who, so who do you, yeah, who do there's, you like first of all, there's a couple. Of, there's some guys in that middle of the pack that are closer to top range guys, like maybe a Chris Bassett from Oakland or somebody like that. That was, uh, uh, you know, probably closer to the top of the or uh, uh, the Mets. I'm sorry, he got traded to the Mets from Oakland. But he probably closer to the top of the um, um, rotation, and then there's guys like Michael Walker, uh, Tyjon Walker, Nathan Avaldi that can fill in that you know three four starter and be really productive. Whereas they're not probably going to be that productive as a as a one like what like more like what John Gray is. I mean, I think everybody came in expecting John Gray to be a lights out one. And he's not, he's a, he's a really good two or I mean, a, a right. really good three, a pretty good two, but he's not a one, you know, he's, he's a guy that probably second or third in your rotation, you really like in there. And, and we got to remember the Rangers last year when John Gray pitched and when Martin Perez pitched, this was a winning team. So if you can yeah. get good pitching in here, this is a winning team. The, the players on the field are winners. Uh, so right. the, the, they've got to get something on that mound that 
more represents what the team is. And I think uh, those are kind of guys. Bassett's one of those guys. uh, Tyjon Walker, um, Nathan Avaldi, even Michael Walker had a really good bounce back season in Boston. And that's a tough place to pitch for a fly ball, you know, a guy that gets a lot of fly balls. So, so bull, tell me something like wish list. Like if you, if you, you got the checkbook, like what, who are you going after and why? And I just want to remind everybody out there, not one person in major league baseball is going to give me their checkbook ever. So (laughs) that being said, um, I would take a shot at DeGrom. Try and get him in here. If DeGrom doesn't work out, you know, possibly Carlos Rondon, possibly a trade. But those second-tier pitchers, if they can't get two of what they want or whatever, I mean, I think I think I really like the uh, prospects of maybe Michael Walker f- coming in here and if he can be anything like he was last year. Because he's just uh, – I mean – He's been good in the past, and he's had really good stuff in the past. So, I mean, I'm not saying that he's going to come here, but he, he proved last year that he was probably closer to that pitcher he was in when he, you know, in 14, 15 with St. Louis than he was down the stretch with them before they traded him and, and kind of fell now, off. So, so I, I, I obviously, I would love to get Bassett. Um, again, just, just, I'm all about trying to get as much quality as we can get. Um, so I would put him probably at the top of my wish list. Um, and, and you know, the Rangers don't, don't sleep on the Rangers, like finding some guy, a Martin Perez, a Mike Miner, a Lance Lynn, like, yeah, you know, that guy, find some guy. And I would love for them to find that guy, but not that be our only, our only signing. Yeah, and and, and we forget about Gray. You know how easy do we forget about Gray and what kind of upside he has? Yeah, I I still think John Gray, when he pitched for the Rangers last year, was a pretty good pitcher. And I mean, I think there was a stretch there in June or July, maybe July and August, when he came back from the DL, where he had the like he looked like a real number two, and every time he went out there and. 330, 340 ERA? It was. Yeah, I think it might even been lower during that stretch. You know, it might even been a little bit. Yeah, he was striking out a lot of guys. He was throwing a lot of fastballs. He kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, Lance Lynn throwing a lot of fastballs and and getting it over and getting it, you know, getting guys out with his fastball. And, you know, he's got a good slider. Yeah, good slider. Um, you know, when you were talking about a couple of those guys that they might take a chance on that uh, are kind of reclamation projects or whatever, um, sure. uh, we talked about James Paxton the other day, but another guy that's out there that, you know, I don't know if anybody's ready to give up on him or not is uh, Chris Archer. Man, I love Chris Archer. Remember when he came into the league? Yeah. I mean, he was like, he was the hottest prospect like he was like because he came in with the Rays right yeah he came up with the Rays and then he got sent to Pittsburgh and you know what happens to people that go to Pittsburgh right right right. your career goes to die but yeah he was like Wander Franco like he was like not position wise but I mean he was like the top of the league yeah the hype yeah he had all the hype coming in and so you know sometimes those guys though Bull how many times it where those guys who come in with all the stuff the stuff starts to fade and these guys learn how to pitch 
Yeah. And well, all of a sudden they have a resurgence 29, 30 years old in their career. Man, I would love, I would love to see that for Chris Archer. I love it to be with a powder blue hat on on a Sunday. Yeah, definitely. I got some <laughs> guy out here uh, outside my house. He's uh, he's drilling it in the dark, so he's drilling nice. or sanding. So nice. we got that going for us. Uh, so if we hear that in the, background, in the dark, yeah, yeah, he's doing some kind of project <laughs> outside in the dark. But all right, um, but yeah, all there, right. Are, there are those guys. There's there's some reclamation projects that are out there, and I mean, they could be Mike Miner or. That, you know, they, they could be Drew Smiley, you know, <laughs> and right, hey, Drew, right. well, I believe I believe Drew Smiley might be one of those guys that's still out there. Well, you know, I, I put you on the spot a little bit. So that as, the, as these episodes go along, that we might have a moment where you find a few more for us to talk about uh, on the show here. But, you know, I just felt like that, that that was another good thing to cover because Martin Perez, I mean, like. um. The other thing that, you know, another from a nice little clip right now, so I think we'll be able to get it in, uh, was just that corner outfield. And uh, we, we got, you know, we we're, we have our debates uh, uh, on uh, via text sometimes. And, and, you know, they can get heated. And we got close uh, talking about that corner outfield position uh, because I've, I noticed today that the Cubs were after Cody Bellinger and I was like, what? I didn't know this guy was even on the market. And, uh, you know, you don't agree that we should bring in Bellinger. I would like to see us give a, get, take, a, take a flyer on this guy uh, just because the upside is there. Uh, but honestly, the guys that you have brought up that, that, we, that might be safer, guys with the, what, what we kind of said was like a, lower, uh, a higher floor, but maybe a lower ceiling, maybe a safer bet, um, might be a better move. Uh, but I'm just wanting to go on record to say I would I would love to see us bring in Bellinger and see see what what could happen. He might be a guy that could you know he's he's either gonna turn his career around or he's done, and you know it is what it is. But what are some other guys? I, and, and honestly, maybe it'd be more fun for our listeners to hear what you think uh, about the Rangers bringing in Cody Bellinger. Well, when it comes to that corner outfield spot i would really love him to to take a real ch- shot at uh masataka yoshida I, okay uh, the guy got on at a four and a half, 450 on base clip last year in, in japan uh hit a walk-off home run in the world Se- or whatever their world series is in game five i mean he's just he, he's just like uh you know uh he, he reminds me a little bit of, was it Suzuki last year that came into the league? Right. Uh, he, he's kind of got that kind of, but he's, a, you know, he's a different player, but he's kind of got that kind of production where I think it'll, ah. you know, it may, it may hold up pretty well in the big leagues. They're not the same kind of player at all, but, but he's kind of got that, like he gets on base, he's patient, he, he gets his pitch. And if he doesn't get his pitch, he's not really that interested. And the little bit that I've seen him play, Ooh. And a little bit that I've seen him play, I mean, it seems like, it seems like, uh, if if the comparison to the Japanese league has always been Triple A, then it's like watching, you know, Jack uh, Mickey Mantle play at Triple A. You know, like somebody <laughs> like that. Like, I mean, he's that much better than everybody else on the on the field. I wow. think. 
Well, and, and I think we both agree, like, I would kind of take that as our first, like, first choice. You know, I also, we talked about the guy, the pitcher uh, that's out there. I wouldn't mind if they got them both. Because, oh, again, yeah. I'm just like, bring them in. Uh, well, I think I would definitely prefer this guy over anybody else if they can get him. And and one thing I think that they they have is, I mean, when you look at you, Darvish, still, you know that guy misses Texas. Like, even though he's in San Texas Diego misses. and – and, we miss and, him. and he's in like the nicest place in the whole United States. You could tell, like, you can just tell he still misses Texas. And maybe that'll go a long ways with some of these guys coming over this year or these two guys coming over next year with just how much Darvish liked it here. And if they talk to him you, or whatever, you, yeah. if you're listening, you, tell if you're these listening, guys, we want you back. Uh, the, we yeah. want you back. Come back. Come yeah, back to the Rangers. We if, miss you. If they can work that deal, right? He's only got, what, like two years left on his deal now, you know? <laughs> oh, my gosh. We were big-time U Darvish fans. At least, I, I mean, we both were. Loved that guy. There, Sad to see him go, but anyway. There, there was a lot to like about you Darvish, and I think there's a lot to like about uh, um, Seema and uh, um, um, Yoshida. Yoshida. Yeah, I think right, I think both right. of those guys. Now there's other options too for those corner out, outfield spots. You know, I mean, you know, someone will be up for someone will be looking to get rid of a corner outfielder at the GM meetings. There'll definitely be, right. you know, there's going to be somebody out there looking to get rid of a, a a a corner outfielder with some pop. But you know, there's also Joey Gallo. I mean, him and yeah. Cody Bellinger. Yeah, have been similar at the plate. Yeah, they comparable. both. Yeah, yeah the, especially the last couple of years, both can play defense. Yeah, I mean, really, all the way back until nineteen. I mean, Joey Gallo's numbers were pretty comparable in that season that he had in in nineteen, where he was hit two fifty six, but got on it at three seventy on base and slugged yeah. five hundred. You know, I mean, he had a really good season, and and I mean, yeah. Bellinger was a MVP candidate or won the MVP. I can't remember. But he yeah. was, you know, but he had the same kind of quality season. And then they both kind of really regressed. I mean, both of them didn't play very well at all in the COVID year. And, um, I mean, one year Bellinger hit 185. And I think the same thing for Gallo. You know, they didn't, they just didn't have those, you know, seasons that when they're a free agent, you want to just bust down their door and give them 10 years, you know? I mean, like, sure. maybe, maybe both of them on a one year. I mean, either one of them on a yeah. one year, maybe. But as yeah, far as like I, giving those guys two, three years right now, I don't, I don't see anybody in the league doing that. And I mean, if they are, they probably are making a mistake. Well, and like uh, you brought up, and again, I, I, I'd probably lean a little more to Bellinger than Gallo. But again, both the, you can't go wrong with either of the guys in the field, um, or or their arms. But uh, the other the other guys you brought up were pretty interesting too. I I kind of tossed around Will Myers, tossed Will Myers' name out there, and. And you brought up Hanninger, who I'm not really sure what his defense looks like because, I again, I'm not as familiar with him as you might be, but his well, bat really looks good. And he, he isn't a guy that you have to put in right field and hope that he can play a good right field because Adolis Garcia can play a, a really solid right field, a gold glove caliber right field. So I think, like, you know, Mitch Hanniger in left field is a really nice option. Will Myers in left field might be a really nice option, too. Um, I think yeah. Will Myers, a lot of people stayed away from Will Myers the last several years because he was under that just awful contract with San Diego when they were 
giving out money and then they broke down yeah. and then they couldn't get rid of Will Myers because he was just on such a bad contract. And, and I don't think they could get out from underneath it. Um, but, yeah. uh, you know, on a one year where he's kind of like, you know, he's a stick in your lineup. I, I don't hate him. Who's the, who was the guy they brought over from Colorado that one year that they played so well? Remember a few years back? I can't remember his name. Ian Desmond. Ian that Desmond. guy. Yeah. I mean, he went to, to Colorado. Me, like, after right. Okay. He went to Colorado. Okay. So, you know, he, I, I'm not talking about him specifically, but somebody like Will Myers could come in and maybe have that kind of impact. You know, somebody, I, I, he's the kind of guy I think of like when I think of Will Myers is somebody that could come in and come into the American League from the National League. Um, you know, a lot of times he's got some of the certain kind of guys that come over from the NL to the AL all of a sudden hit, start hitting better and it can go vice versa. Right. Well, so and I, just, I, I, don't, go ahead. I don't know if that's changed very much now with both leagues having the DH. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, if the change of leagues does the same, but I mean, I'm not saying that it doesn't either because there's been a lot of guys that, and maybe it's not even change of leagues. It's just change of scenery. You know, it could, but I mean, again, like a guy that doesn't hit or doesn't play the field. Well, you know, now there's options for him to hit only in the, in both leagues. So I don't know if the, the same relevance now they have the same relevance now with the universal DH, but but I can see some of those guys maybe being a little bit better just in a change of scenery. And we all know Joey Gallo likes it here. Right. You know, right. I mean, and, and, and it seems like a lot of the guys, when you talk about them, they all talk about how much they like playing in Texas and the fans and all of that stuff. I mean, I, now we're, we know that the Rangers aren't the greatest bands, but at the same time, you know, the Dallas Cowboys play across the street and that consumes a lot of their fandom. Right. Well, well, I want to I want to move on and talk about these a couple guys that you felt like you left off. You we left off the 40 man conversation Um, and one of these guys you're super, super high on. uh, Yeah. And I don't want to leave them out of the conversation. Yeah, we got a couple of minutes real quick here that we can just finish on this topic. But um, we talked about we talked about Dustin Harris. We talked about Louis Acuna, Louis Angel Acuna. We talked about Cole Wynn. We talked about. Zach Kent, but we didn't talk about Jonathan Ornelas and we didn't talk about Owen White. And Jonathan Ornelas is a very similar player, kind of like the Louis Acuna when it, when it comes to like the type of, uh, he can, he can, you can hide him on a, on a big league lineup or hide him on a big league roster for a year and him get valuable experience. And, and then you own control of him after the year. So I can see why they would they would protect him and Owen White. Uh, you know, we talked about we talked about Cole Wynn and we talked about Zach Kent and where those guys are at in their careers. Owen White is another one of those guys. If you remember correctly, when in 2018 when they drafted the Rangers, did this thing where they thought, oh, we'll just we'll just cut all these pitchers off and just put them into a pitching development program and not have them go pitch in the minor leagues. And I think Owen yeah, White yeah. was one of those guys, and he, he had the Tommy John, and then he got healthy from the Tommy John, came back, uh, pitched a couple of innings in Hickory, Hickory or Down East. I can't remember where they were at at the time because they've switched since then. But mm-hmm. the, he pitched a little bit there, and then he got hurt again. And I want to say that was the year before last. 
and then he went to the fall league and just put it together in the fall league. Was pitcher of the year in the fall league. He moved. Uh, he moved into uh, Hickory this year at High A, and dominated Hickory for a whole a whole half a season. Moved up to Frisco, and he dominated while he pitched. But they also moved him. They they moved him off the rotate or the uh, rotation for a little bit in Hickory or in Frisco to to kind of give his arm because he'd thrown more innings than he'd ever thrown before. And he came back for the playoffs and uh, pitched very well in the playoffs for him too. And he's just one of those guys that I think, uh, you know, he's he's one of those guys that he's got as much talent as anybody, any of Cole Wins, Jack Lighters, Kumar Rockers. Gotcha. Well, hey, I'm excited about him too. Obviously, I'm excited about all these prospects, these pitching prospects. And then any any special notes about Ornelas? Um, he's just a toolsy toolsy guy that can play a lot of positions and uh, you know he brings a pretty decent on base and he seems to be like the type of guy and think uh think josh smith with some more pop okay okay, uh, okay. from the right hand awesome. side awesome. from the right handed side okay of the okay awesome yeah awesome. that kind those of guys player. Are, those utility guys always guy. come in handy yeah yeah they always come in handy so i guess we're we're kind of coming in for a landing here last last question you know i love predictions and i love these kind of things so Prediction, which rookie pitcher will throw or more this year? If things go right, not one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If if things go wrong, the guy I could see throwing 100 innings, if I had to, if you put me on, you know, up against a wall somewhere and made me answer is probably Cole Raggins. Of course, I think I think you're right about Raggins. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to get, I'm going to get, I'm going to get, get crazy. Uh, I'm going to go with Colwyn blows up the minor leagues, comes up in May, May, June, and finds his way into the back of the rotation. Hey, I, I like that. I like that. I hope that does happen. <laughs> I really do. I, I think that's a, that's a, that's a bold prediction, but I like it a lot. <laughs> It's not costing me any money, so why no, not? no, no. And again, to get some excitement. <laughs> and I think we've already stated this today, but not one person is going to ask our opinion anyway. So <laughs> it's fun to it's fun to laugh a little, right? Uh, <laughs> Absolutely, it's baseball. It's sports. It's supposed to be fun. Um, hey, well, so I I just want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. Thanks for giving us the time of day. I'm gonna turn it over to you, Bull, just to close us out. Hey, again, we're we're having fun talking baseball. We enjoyed tonight's show. We got, I think we got a lot of information across in a short amount of time. And I think that we, uh, we were, we're, ha- you know, like the idea is to have fun. We're having fun and baseball is fun. So let's bring it all together. <laughs> See you guys next time.